to our live service. We are live in my living room this morning, so things are a bit new. Um, let me tell you how things are a bit new. We are using a new software this morning, so new technology, which may mean possibly uh, some new problems. We don't know. Uh, we'll see how it all works out, but this new technology gives us a chance to not only stream live to Facebook, but also live to YouTube and our website. So we are uh, delighted with it. So we have a, a new software. We also have a new series. Uh, we are beginning a new series in the next uh, few Sundays um, with People Jesus Met. And so we're looking forward to that new series. And with that new series comes also a new speaker, a good friend of mine, uh, Brendan O'Brien, and also uh, one of the leaders here in the church. And we're just delighted 
uh, to have him share um, a good man of God and just a lovely friend. And so we're excited to have him. So new software, new series, new speaker for the next few weeks, and also a new location. Here I am sitting in my living room. And now finally, after about just over more than two months, I get to sit down with you in my living room and watch this uh, sermon and this service uh, here, right here in my living room. And while this is good and comfortable place to sit, I imagine that as I do sit here, there will be some uh, new temptations for me. Um, temptations for me just to be a passive observer rather than an active worship. Maybe there will be a temptation for me like there has been for you these last weeks to just merely watch this service rather than worship during this service. And the reason I say that right now as we sit on our couches or wherever you're sitting to watch this, there's all sorts of temptations that can come when we're just watching it. We can uh, scroll off and go to other services. We can check things. We can go here and there and church hop. We can check our messages or our emails. We can um, go out to get a snack. We can, you know, lie down and kind of fall, it, fall down for um, a, a nap bed. All these distractions. And what I'd call you to do today is not to, to just watch this service, but I'd call you to maybe try and worship during this service. Now, why would we try and worship during the service? Do you know why we would try and do that? Because Jesus is worthy of our worship. I'm reminded as I think of this, of the account of John's vision in Revelation chapter 4, verse 10. It talks about his vision, the vision of the throne in heaven. He says this, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. You are worthy, they say. This is why we worship the Lord this morning, because he is worthy. This morning, it doesn't matter how many people are tuning in live. It doesn't matter what that number says at the top of our screen. What matters is that he is worthy of our worship. It doesn't matter if the technology kind of glitches or whatever happens. What matters is he is worthy of our worship. Whatever may distract you, whatever may pull you aside, please remember that our Lord is worthy of our worship. So what I'd call you to do today is engage in this service. Prepare to share in this service. Prepare to share your, your comments or your thoughts. Let us know that you're here. Engage with the service. Be active in it. Say hello to people. Respond to their comments. Prepare your heart. Take notes. Maybe during the sermon, prepare your heart and, and think of verses that you might hear at the end as we have a time of reflection and thoughts. If you're not a Christian this morning, maybe you have some questions you want to ask about Christianity and want to find out more. We'll take this as an opportunity to write in the comments and ask a question. We would love to hear from you at the end of this service. Do take this opportunity to, to be a part of it, to engage, not be passive observers but active worshippers of our Lord, because he is worthy of all of our praise. And so as we continue the service, let me tell you again how all of this is going to look. We're going to begin with a reading. It is a longer reading from Mark 1. So prepare yourself for that longer reading from Mark 1. That is read by Valerie Keating. So she will be reading after this. Then Brendan, or then we will have a song. Um, from Andrew and Abby um, called Cornerstone and I would encourage you as a family to engage in singing and worship during that time. Then we will have the sermon from Brendan, the first in the series of people uh, Jesus met. And then finally we will have another song, Only a Holy God. 
And after all of that, we will we will come back and um, offer our comments, our thoughts, and our reflections. Uh, for the children, you have videos set, sent to you, so you should be able to engage with those different sheets you can work on during the, this time. So we hope and pray that the service will be a blessing to you and that the Lord will get all of our worship this morning as we sit on our couches because he is worthy of our praise. Let us begin with our first reading from Mark 1. Mark chapter 1 verses 29 through 45. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in synagogues and casting out demons. And a lad came to him, imploring him, kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and said once to everyone, show your priest and offer cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter alone but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter.
Good morning, everyone. I won't say it's wonderful to be with you again. I find it a very hard act to follow, to continue where Shane has left off. He's done a wonderful job in bringing the gospel to us week by week. Thanks so much, Shane, for doing that. And thanks as well this morning to those who were involved, for, uh, particularly for Valerie, for doing the reading. I'd like to, to deal a little bit with um, that short passage, the very end of the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 1, beginning in verse 40, where it talks about the man with leprosy. It's a very short passage, very um, easy to, to read and, and pass over. But it reminded me a lot of the situation that we're in at present, because long before social isolation, social uh, cutting off from each other was was actually given a term. It was happening in those days to that man. We find it difficult enough with no physical contact, with not being able to shake hands with people, with being careful, doing our shopping. But this man had something far, far worse uh, against him. And that was that he could he had to stay, live outside the town, all on his own, perhaps with another few lepers, perhaps there was a colony, but he was isolated from people. And for us, there's the hope that one day we'll have a vaccine, that things will be sorted out, that we will be able to shake hands again, be able to live as normal people. Life will, God willing, return to normal for us. But this man never had any hope of being integrated into normal society again. He was cut off until the day he would die. He would be an outcast, shunned by even his own family. He had no friends. Uh, he was dependent on begging just to survive. Couldn't go to the temple, couldn't worship God among his people. Again, that was cut off. Couldn't go to the market to buy food, live in a town. He was utterly isolated. And that was real social isolation, social distancing. And he had it all alone. He was unwanted by anyone desperate and it's the desperation that drives people to do things at times he probably was begging every day for his food uh, he had no way of getting food in any other way and a desperate person will do anything he was willing to abase himself to plead with Jesus for his help but when I was um, reading through this it reminded me of the story of that man Aaron Ralston you might remember a story, uh, it was made into a film in fact, he was out rock climbing one day somewhere, I think it was in Utah and he got his arm trapped in a rock, so he was climbing down coming up and some rock dislodged and trapped him it was a very heavy rock, he could not free his hand, he was there struggling and trying for days literally uh, drinking what little water he had, what bit of food he had left and he realised in his desperation I'm going to die. If I cannot get free, I'm going to die. I am stuck here. And perhaps they, they will find me. He even, from what I remember, he cut um, just into a rock with his blunt knife. He, he just cut uh, his, his name and date of birth and just wrote something to identify himself because he thought, Perhaps someone will find my body in the future. And then, finally, as I said, desperation drives you to incredible things. He paid the ultimate price. He was willing to cut off his arm just to get free. Jesus said at one stage, if your right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. He was willing to do that because he needed to be free. This man in this story was willing to do anything in his desperation just to be freed from the suffering of his leprosy. But there are far worse things than leprosy, believe it or not. This man, he would, you know, we, we sometimes would say, well, I'll do anything if I'm desperate. A drug addict will steal just to satisfy their need. A hungry person will steal just to satisfy their need. People will, will work so hard sometimes just to educate their family, to get out of poverty, Desperation drives people to desperate situations. This man had lost all his pride, I'm sure, over the years. He was shunned enough and despised enough by society to say, we don't want to have anything to do with you, so why should he care? 
So when he heard Jesus was in town, he came and he pleaded. It, it doesn't do it justice in the English translation, what it says here. He came on his knees, begging, pleading, imploring Jesus, if you're willing, you can help me. Please, anything, anything. And we, we don't know what the conversation went like. We don't know what would have said, the man would have said, I am desperate, Jesus. I'll, do, I'll devote my life to you. I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll devote all my money to you. I will serve you for my dying days if you'd only heal me of this problem because nothing, nothing could be worse than this. Nothing I can imagine could be worse than this. And yet, as I'll come to in a moment, there are things that are worse than this. He believed Jesus could do it. Um, whether he knew Jesus recognized him as the Messiah or whether he recognized Jesus as being a holy man, we, we don't know. But he'd heard enough to know Jesus could do this. And so he pleaded and he believed maybe, just maybe Jesus will heal me. I know he can, will he heal me? And it was a plea to the goodness of God. I'm sure he called in the name of the Lord God Almighty, please heal me. Jesus is filled with compassion. It says here he was moved with compassion. He truly cared about this man. He wasn't just sorry for him. He was torn at his heart for this man. He could not, not ignore the man's pleas. And Jesus, in his compassion, healed him. I don't know, as I said, what promises, pleadings, or words of surrender he would have made. We all would have done the same thing if we were in his situation. Jesus heard and Jesus healed there was compassion. There was no bargaining. Thank God we can say Jesus didn't set down any preconditions. He didn't say, I'll heal you if you do this. There was no call for repentance. No, well, we'll have to see what sort of person you are. Do you deserve to be healed? It simply says Jesus had compassion and healed him. No questions asked. So now life was good for him. He was no longer an outcast from society. He was no longer suffering physically. He was no longer cut off from his family, from temple worship. No more of that mental torture, no more of that physical pain. Jesus heals. And it's, it's wonderful. All the man wanted was healing, and Jesus did it for him. So you say, well, surely all his problems are over. Well, I was, I was just reminded during the week of a, of a good news, bad news kind of joke, and the man comes home from work one day and the woman says, OK, um, I've good news and I've bad news about the new car. Which do you want first? And the husband says, well, give me the good news first. She said, the good news, good news is really good. The airbags work. We leave it at that. There are bigger problems sometimes, good news and bad news, but sometimes you can have bad news and worse news. And for this man... He got good news that he was healed because he thought the bad news for the rest of his life was he was going to be a leper. But he could have had that and worse news because there is something worse than leprosy. Leprosy is dreadful physically, but that's not as bad as it, that's as bad as it gets. This man's problem was both physical, but it was also spiritual and he apparently wasn't interested in that. And we have the same problem. Not all of us suffer leprosy, thank God. But, yeah, we all have our problems. And I think if only I can sort out this problem or that problem, my, my life will be trouble-free. If I can deal with that, well, I'll deal with the deeper issues later. But right now, my, my biggest problem is my leprosy or my financial problems or maybe my, my children, the way they're behaving, my job or my depression or whatever it is. The problem is, this man didn't realize that there was worse than leprosy. And we all have that same problem as the man, which is even greater, far, far greater. That one day, like him, I will and you will die, and after that we will meet with God. And this man apparently didn't give it a lot of thought. He could only think of the immediate problem right now. There was no talk of his soul. Jesus didn't even bring it up. There was no interest in his eternal needs. He just wanted to be cured of this dreadful illness. It hampered his life physically and kept him cut off spiritually. 
kept him cut off from society, kept him, kept him cut off from the temple. And if he could just get the physical side of things dealt with, well, other things would fall into place. But our greatest problem, our far greatest problem, is not physical, it is not material, it is spiritual. And Jesus came to deal with that. He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Jesus knows best. And for many people in this world, they feel, for example, that the church's role is to help the poor and the sick and those weighed down with problems by life itself. But Jesus didn't look at it like that. For Jesus, he came, as I said, to heal, or to, to see, seek and to save that which is lost. And a person's greatest need is not material, it is not physical. If it were, Jesus would have dealt with those things first and foremost. But Jesus knew that a person's greatest need is spiritual, and that is equally the church's role, is to deal with people's spiritual problems first and foremost. Other things will always haunt us. Jesus said, you'll always have the poor with you, but prioritize a person's spiritual needs because that is their greatest need. Some things are urgent, but some things are important. And the important, urgent, isn't always important. But the important will one day be urgent. And let's keep that in mind. Don't get distracted by man's immediate needs. Focus on what a person's greatest problem is, because one day I will die and you will die. And the whole world out there, we will all face God into eternity. We will deal with a holy God. We will deal with our soul before him. And what is of ultimate importance is our eternal soul. And we must learn to differentiate between the two, between the urgent and the important. Jesus did not ignore the man's physical needs. He dealt with that. But he knew there was a greater problem. He knew, though, that the man ignored his soul. And we know it as well, believe it or not. We can say the man had no thought for his eternal well-being. Why do I say that? It was simple, very, very simple. He didn't obey Jesus. Jesus gave him a couple of guidelines. He said, go, show yourself to the priest and offer the, the offering as, as a thanksgiving to God for, for your healing. But the man didn't do it. He did do that, rather. But Jesus said, one other little thing I want you to do. Just this, this small thing. In fact, it's not something I want you to do. It's something I want you to not do. What I'd like you to do is not say that to anybody that I healed you. Just go and, and give thanks to God for your healing. And leave it at that. You don't have to give an explanation. But the man couldn't keep his mouth shut. Jesus said... Please keep quiet about this. I need time because my role is not to heal people. It is to bring the teaching, the good news about God because that is far more important than healing a person physically. My work of reaching out and preaching the good news is essential. Do not interrupt it by telling others what I've done. And the man went away and he must have thought to himself, well, I know Jesus said that but I think I know better. The fact is, I can't help telling people. I love to tell people how much Jesus has done for me. But the reason he loved to do it was because he wanted attention to be on himself. And he thought, I've good news. It's too good to hold back. And I'm going to tell anybody I can. Look at me, he would have said. I'm healed. I'm the guy. Remember, I used to be there begging. I was the leper outside the town. Now I'm healed. And it was Jesus did it. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you how he did it. You don't need to be the one to spread the news. A gossip wants to spread news because they want attention for themselves. Let me tell you. I'll be the first to tell you news. The Bible warns us firmly about gossip over and over again. Gossips do it just to draw attention to themselves. It's not for the good of others. It's not just to inform people. It's to say, I'm the first one with the news. Let's be careful that we're not like this man. If we say we follow Jesus, we don't need to be the one to spread the good news. Gossip, interestingly enough, has a way of spreading itself. It doesn't need your assistance or mine. 
And that was the way Jesus wanted it with this man. Just go in peace. Keep your mouth shut. God has done great things for you. Give thanks to him and leave it at that. Because, you see, Jesus loves sinners. He loved this man. And he was willing to help him. And we know Jesus loves sinners. It tells us over and over again. But love is a two-way thing. Love demands a response. Love cannot exist on its own. It longs to share itself with others. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, there's just one little thing I ask. And it is a small thing I'm asking you to do. You will do this for me, won't you? <clears throat> and rather than humbly appreciating God's goodness to him, the man made himself the center of attention. Jesus had set no preconditions before healing him. He never said, before I heal you, let's talk this over. Are you willing to do this? But after it, he made a very simple request. And it was a very easy one to follow. And God doesn't set preconditions for you or for me to come to him. God loves us freely. He loves his creation. And he forgives all who will come to him. Sinners can come to Jesus. They don't need to get their lives in order first. They can come broken and rotten and helpless and hopeless. And God will accept people like that. You don't have to get your life in order before you come to Jesus. And this man's life was broken physically. And Jesus healed him. Ours can be broken spiritually. And Jesus can heal us. And a person can be despised by the whole world. But Jesus loves sinners. I know that because he loves me. And I'm a sinner. It's why he came to seek and to save the lost like me. And he will turn no one away. We don't need to put on a new suit. We don't need to bring money. We don't need to do anything. Just come to Jesus as you are. No preconditions laid down. You don't have to say, I'll never sin again. He doesn't say it on reasonable conditions, Jesus. He gives us rules that are easy to follow. He says, my burden is easy. He loves sinners just as they are. And he says, come to me. And people cry out to Jesus for, for many different reasons. Perhaps for healing. Perhaps people are looking for a job. They're looking for help with a sick child. They, they're looking for help with a child who's gone astray. Or just plain, get me out of this situation. And we come to him for various things that we need. The thing, things we think are most important. And we want Jesus to fix it. And Jesus met many people. As, as recorded in the scriptures, many, many people. And we'll see that over the next few weeks. But meeting Jesus, it always calls for a response. You cannot ignore Jesus. This man met with Jesus. He was helped by Jesus. But then he went his own way. And he was like so many others who met Jesus. So many who came to Jesus because they needed healing perhaps, or they needed something fixed. They needed this or that, we don't know. But really what most people want, like this man, is only what's suitable for them. For what's here and now. But eternity is far from their thinking. And Jesus, though they want him in their lives, they want to set the boundaries to what Jesus can have, what Jesus can do. For them, for so many people, they'll say, Jesus, can you deal with my problems? Perhaps my, my drug addiction or my, my sickness. Can you deal with my financial problems? I'll devote my life to you. I'll do anything. Jesus doesn't ask you to do anything. But if you come to Jesus, he does give one condition. He says, follow me. He didn't ask the man to even follow him. But he did ask the man, just keep your mouth shut. Just do that. Let me get on with the work. And thank God for the goodness he's shown you. And yet the man couldn't do it. And equally, Jesus' ways are easy. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Follow me. He is a lovely saviour, Jesus. This man, early in Jesus' ministry, he met with Jesus. Jesus transformed his life. But he was not willing to obey Jesus. If Jesus transforms your life, 
Will you be like him? Or what will you be like? Because you see, he had a far greater problem. And you and I have the far greater problem as well. That one day we will meet with a holy God. And just to finish with this thought, and it's, it's very relevant, very pertinent to the situation we're living in. I think it was before Christmas that we first heard reports from China about the coronavirus. It wasn't even given the name COVID-19 back then. We saw it approaching and we saw what was happening in China and how it was affecting the environment, that production had slowed down so much um, that the, the environment was much cleaner, things were much, much better, and, and people were in lockdown, and so we could see it from a distance and thought, isn't that interesting what's happening there? It's very interesting what's happening in China, but it won't affect me. And then slowly it began to spread. I think it went to Taiwan first, I'm not sure, it could be wrong. And then we saw it spreading around different parts of Asia, and then it came to Europe. And we thought, it's, it's, wow, this is getting closer. It's getting, it got to Italy, and we saw how badly it suddenly was affected. And finally, COVID-19 came here to our lives, and we had seen it from a distance. We saw it, and we thought, no, it'll, it'll never affect me. It'll never, no, Ireland won't be like China. We won't be locked down. This is not real. But our lives have been affected far more than we could ever have imagined. Our lives are changed perhaps forever. And it's continuing perhaps more than we could ever have imagined. We live in a world that has all kinds of problems besides COVID-19. We allow them to dominate our fears. Things like uh, terrorism perhaps. Things, things such as economy affecting us. So many things. But there is a far greater problem in the distance, and we see it coming, and it is our eternal destiny. Because one day, we will all die. We will all die. And it's a far greater problem than anything that is facing us in this world. It's a far greater threat. But Jesus came to deal with that. Jesus came to make us right with God, so that when we die, we do not have to be afraid. Let's not treat the most important thing, which is our eternal soul, the way we've treated COVID-19, thinking it'll never affect me that much. It's, it's avoidable. Surely I won't have to face it. We will face it. Jesus came to deal with it for us. It's our greatest problem. Worse than leprosy, worse than COVID-19, worse than anything is the fact that we will meet with a holy God. Let's get ready for it by meeting with Jesus now and living and learning to obey him. May God bless his, his word to us. May God bless his message to us. I'd like to finish with a very short prayer this morning. Thank you for your patience in listening. Let's take a moment. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, we bless and we praise you that your word is eternal. It is challenging. It awakens our soul and makes us realize that you are a holy God, and one day we'll meet with you. Gracious God, fill us with the fear of God, that we would turn from ourselves, from our sin, and call out to Jesus for mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love sinners. You do not set preconditions, and you will accept anyone in our brokenness, as long as we are willing to follow you. Gracious God, give everyone who is listening this morning... If they do not know you as their Lord and Saviour, that everyone who hears this would call out to Jesus for mercy. Thank you, God our Father in heaven, that you hear us because we come in the holiness, in the name of Jesus our Saviour. Amen. Can make every king bow down. Who else can whisper and do?
Sorry, I was muted. Apologies. <laughs> Good morning. It was fantastic to um, just sit and, and worship with you guys. What a change for me uh, was to hear someone else. After two months, you kind of get tired of your own voice. So lovely uh, to hear um, Brendan preaching and bringing the word of, of God to us. And just fantastic to think of that account um, of um, the leper meeting Jesus. And just... Um, even for myself, as you guys take the opportunity just to share uh, different verses, maybe in comments. And just for myself, what I was struck by is the reality um, that Jesus um, cares for people. Jesus went about his ministry meeting all of the unwanted. Um, we heard about um, in, in our Spurgeon readings in the morning. Uh, we do Spurgeon readings in the morning. If anybody wants to get them, we share them privately on WhatsApp. But if you'd like to get them, please let me know. Um, Spurgeon was talk talking about that man in, in, in the pool. Um, I think it was at, at Bethsaida and John. And he was, he was lame for 38 years. And yet Jesus walked up to him. Jesus, you constantly see him walking up to the unwanted in this world giving them time, and not only giving them time, but like Brendan was saying, giving them what they ultimately need is their forgiveness of sins. Yes, he healed people, but he also walked past people who needed healing. Now, why would he do that? Because ultimately he had a 
glorious message that would change their lives. He saw beyond their physical problem and he saw to their spiritual problem. Why did Jesus not heal everybody physically? Because he knew there was a bigger problem that he needed to deal with. And so he came preaching the good news because that's ultimately what people needed. And so um, I didn't have time to quickly type in this verse uh, that came to my mind, but it was in uh, Mark 2. I'm sure Brendan will probably get to this. Um, Mark 2, um, 16 says, And the scribes um, of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating uh, with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And so Jesus was often hanging around with the kind of nobodies of this world. And yet he comes in and people are saying, well, why are you hanging out with those people? What are you going near them for? And Jesus is saying, ultimately, I came here for these people because they are in need of their sins to be forgiven. This is who Jesus pursued and went after. So may we go after um, such people. Let me say, uh, go to a few of these comments. I forgot to say at the start, again, uh, this is an opportunity for us to, to click the share button, of course, because we can now invite invite people to the church that we've never invited before and ask them to come along each Sunday and, and see a little picture, a glimpse of what God is like. So I encourage you to do that even after the service. Do share this and, and give your friends or acquaintances uh, the opportunity uh, to see this. Also, I, I must not forget to say happy birthday to, or not happy birthday, sorry. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to um, the mothers. Obviously, it's not Mother's Day in Ireland. But it is Mother's Day pretty much in everywhere else around the world. So to our Brazilian mothers and to our American mothers who are watching in, happy Mother's Day to you. Um, hope that you are having a wonderful day um, and hope the children can, can treat you a little bit and that you would have a, a great uh, Mother's Day today. Um, so let me say hi to a few people and uh, see what you guys were saying. Uh, firstly, obviously, we have... Hannah and Abby watching in, so great to have you guys. Good morning uh, to you. Uh, you are there, so good morning to you. Um, Julia, is, how can it be 11 o'clock already? Yes, that's right. That's what I feel like every <laughs> Sunday morning, especially this morning when I didn't really have to get up to get ready to, to preach. You kind of felt like um, um, it, was, it, was, it was like that. Claire, good morning to you. Um, Great to have you. I'm not sure. I meant to say I'm not sure if we can put up the comments on the screen uh, this morning. So, again, changing of software. We're just getting used to the, those things. So, oh, yes, there we go. The comments are getting up. Um, Claire, you're right. Uh, your live stream is broken down here. Oh, well, sorry about that. That could be something to do maybe with the, the new software. I'm not too sure. Or possibly the Wi-Fi in the farm. <laughs> Claire, so uh, I don't know which is which, but um, but maybe other guys can let us know. Was was your stream okay? Do give us feedback because uh, we're just trying uh, this new thing thing out. Um, Carmen, good morning to you uh, from Virginia in the USA. That's great, fantastic to have you again. Uh, thanks for for joining us. Maro, um, Eliana, and the family. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you, Eliana. Brazilian, so happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, comment that uh, we were Shane and Luana. Um, thank you, Brendan. Uh, Jesus loves sinners, but love demands a response. And so what Brendan was kind of touching at was that um, this love demands a right response. And so in that passage, Jesus tells him, you know, don't go and don't don't go out and, and tell people. And what does he do? He goes out and tells people. He doesn't have uh, the right response, and you kind of wonder why did Jesus ever tell people not don't go and tell people uh, this news? Well, primarily they ca- they call it the uh, messianic secret, primarily because um, Jesus it wasn't Jesus' time yet, 
And so because it wasn't Jesus' time yet to uh, be crucified or, or go on the cross, this is what he called people to do, to be quiet and, and to not um, share it out. Uh, Carmen again writes, uh, thank you for the lovely message. Yes, uh, Brendan, thank you for uh, that message from God's word. John Daunt writes, uh, thank you, Brendan, for such a powerful message. I never considered the account of the leper in that way uh, before. It clearly shows how in need we are of a saviour, not just saving from life's troubles. Yeah, um, Jesus looks beyond our physical need. And what, what Brendan pointed to as well is he said, you know, the reality is, yes, while people were healed, they were healed only to die again. And so even the healing of the leper was only a temporary healing because death was going to come anyway. And so even if any of us are healed in this world, one day death is going to come to us. And we have to deal with that. And we have to ask the question, well, what is going to happen after my death? And I don't say that to put fear in you. And I don't think Brendan says that necessarily just to kind of fear mongering. But there should be some kind of sense of fear. Am I going to meet my maker after my death? And am I ready to meet him after my death? Because ultimately, one day that is coming upon us all. And so that's something I appreciated too, John, about uh, the message. Uh, Jedda uh, saying thank you to Brendan. Great uh, to have you in again, Jedda and Sue Ellen. Happy Mother's Day to you, Sue Ellen, as well, uh, from Brazil. So uh, happy Mother's Day to you guys. Um, Andrew writes, Jesus is near to people whose society rejects. He is, he is approachable and does not discriminate. He doesn't stop people coming to him. It is people who decide not to come near to him. Yes, that is so true. Jesus does not discriminate. Even you think of the, the young children, you know, the disciples were kind of saying to them, um, you know, to the young children, to get away and Jesus says no let the children come to me and it's so important for us as churches not to just um, push children aside but to say yes come to Jesus Jesus does not discriminate by age or by color or by race or any of those things and Jesus calls on everybody uh, to come to him even the little children and that's why um Luana and Soraya and different people work so hard at making children's videos every every week and we thank them for doing that because we see the children here as important and they want we want them to grow in the Lord uh, just as we want us to. And we hope and pray that the children can watch these services as well uh, together with us and maybe we can say hi to them too um, in the morning. Uh, Jeddah writes as well, just come to Jesus as you are. Exactly right. We are called to come to Jesus as we are. But Jesus um, doesn't leave us as we are. Jesus, when he when we come to Jesus as we are, he takes our lives. He changes us, molds us more into his image and sends us off to be like him. Uh, Luana writes in, in our comments, Shane and Luana We need Jesus right now more than we need normality, healing, even hugs from friends and family. We need him. Thank you, Brendan, for a wonderful message. Yeah, and that is is true. We need need Jesus more than anything right now. And I feel like our desperation right now is more for um, other people and socially being uh, together with other people and hugging friends and hugging family. And that is a right and a good desire. But how good would it be if we longed for Jesus in that way? If we desired him as much as we desire to get out past five kilometers in our home. If we desired him as much as we desire other people right now to hug them and to be with. That is the kind of desire that Jesus wants from us uh, to him. And so that's my prayer for us, you know, like... I often wonder, am I bugging some of you by texting you all um, kind of these devotions each day and, and whatever? But ultimately, my desire is that we would desire Jesus together more than anything else uh, during this time. Um, the O'Briens write, 
um, a quote from someone else saying, we can hardly stress too much, uh, Roxy's O'Brien, it says, we can hardly stress too much that Christ is God's answer to our greatest problem. It is all owing to Christ. Yes, it is all owing to Christ. He is the answer. And so if you don't know him this morning, you need to turn to him. He will ultimately be your answer. Uh, Dad writes, I had the same experience, uh, John Dean, as Claire during the first song. Okay, so there, there must have been maybe a problem during the first song. Although, Dad, I know your internet isn't too good either. So uh, we'll see uh, what the story is with that. Um, but hopefully those glitches, like we say, trying something new, uh, hopefully those glitches uh, got sorted out as we went. Uh, Aaron writes um, a quote um, from the song, Only a Holy God, lovely uh, lyrics. Uh, let me finish just with those quotes, um, that quote uh, for this morning. Who else could rescue me from my failing? Who else would offer his only son? Who else invites me to call him Father? Only a holy God. Amazing that the Lord uh, calls on us, invites us to call him Father. Abba, Father. And so when we are praying and when we are talking to God, uh, we can call him Father. Um, I don't know how your Father has been in to you in your life. But there is a father in heaven who sent his one and only son who longs to have communication with you and talk with you. We can come to a holy God through Jesus, our savior. And so I want to thank you uh, this morning for all of your wonderful comments, uh, for t- participating and, and encouraging us and, and Brendan. And just thank you to all those who are behind the scenes again. Work so hard uh, to the Keatings and to um, Aaron and Andrew and um, um, Abby and to everybody who's just involved in the service. I'm so thankful uh, for you guys. I pray that you have a, a wonderful uh, Lord's Day. And again, um, if you are new this morning, please don't be afraid to private message us in the group or maybe message your friends if you have a question. Uh, for them. And what I'm going to do right now is end our service, end our time in prayer. And as I do that, let me just say, um, while this service is good, this is not ultimately what we want to do, is it? Uh, We long for the day, and maybe it might be in the end of August or September or October. Maybe it might be by social distance, uh, but we long for the day when we can meet together um, properly face to face and sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to one another and not by ourselves. Um, So we long for that time. But until then, uh, we're grateful for this technology uh, that we can have. So let's pray together. Let me close our time in prayer. And I hope that you have a wonderful uh, day. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for your word to us. Lord, we thank you of how you went to that leper and you Lord, and healed him. And um, Lord, we thank you that you ultimately want to heal us from our most serious problem, that is the problem of sin. And yes, Lord, you love sinners, but love demands a response. And so, Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would respond by repenting of our sin and trusting in you as Savior and living our lives, walking after you. We pray all these things in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. I look forward uh, to seeing you guys next week uh, live from the living room again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. All right. You're you're good, bro. Thank you. Sorry about the muting. I forgot about the muting. That's funny. Yeah, two seconds.
Period.